I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You listen to Room 104, you can get in touch 087-67-97-104. In this part of the show, you get to have, I suppose, a bit of a, a sneak peek into the life of a comedian when things go horribly wrong on stage. So if you do have a fear of public speaking, definitely don't listen to this part of the show. It's called My Worst Gig. We bring on some of the best comedians from all over the country to tell you about their most horrific experiences on stage. And we all get to cry and hopefully laugh about it. The person who's joining me this evening, you will see him opening up for Des Bishop this weekend in Vicar Street. He has supported Neil Delamar all over the country. It's been in Edinburgh, the Vodafone Comedy Festival, all the major festivals and gigs around the country. And uh, you will see plenty more of them as well over the weeks and months and years to come. Stephen Mullins, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, listing all those things, uh, and, and, and now I'm thinking, like, yeah, it didn't start out there, that's for sure. <laughs> Leaving the bad gigs. <laughs> you got to go through years and years of tripe Absolutely. before you get anywhere near a Vicar Street or uh, an opening spot for Delamere or Mr. Bishop. But um, come here, uh, why comedy? Um, comedy started out for me I did various things in performance I had a band for a few years and I, I acted professionally and still do from time to time and um, the, I got the book basically by uh, I did a speech at my mother's 60th birthday party and uh, I'll never forget my uncle uh, wiping tears from his eyes and thinking to myself that's not a bad feeling is it? <laughs> yeah yeah good start um, yeah yeah so I started from there and started on the open mic scene after that uh, in London and died on my arse for a while basically <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. So I didn't realise you were based in London starting off. I Starting off, yeah, I started out in London, yeah. And um, yeah, man, it was tough. I mean, I thought, uh, I'll never forget my dad saying to me when I did the, my mom's 60th, he was like, there you go, that's the hardest gig to do with your family, you know, and I thought yeah. that that's the easiest gig to do. <laughs> and uh, and going to London and doing the open mic scene was, man, that was tough, I tell you. <laughs> Where Can you remember your first gig? My very, my very... Uh, first gig was in a place called the Camp Cavendish Arms. They do a night called the Comedy Versions, where you have to bring a friend. So that's a big thing in open mic comedy when you're starting out. You have to, you have to bring a friend with you, so that makes up the audience. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have a room full of comics there. And uh, I brought my my friend. I'll give her a shout out, Hilary Vesey, the most positive person in the world. <laughs> she's from America, and she's like, no matter what happens, oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> And I got up on stage and, uh, yeah, pretty much silence for five minutes. I've oh. never sweated as much in my life. Oh. I remember I remember having to wipe it from my back. It was like I was dripping down my back. <laughs> and um, yes. she, I remember sitting down next to her and I said to her, my first thing I said was like, that was amazing, as in 
amazing how horrific that went. Yeah, yeah. And she patted me on the back and went, that was awesome. <laughs> and then she took her soaked hand off your back going, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God. <laughs> and I gave her a towel. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. How many people were in the room with that gig? Uh, probably about 40 people, maybe 30 or 40 people. But um, I just remember the, the silence. I remember going up, speaking into the microphone hearing my voice over the PA yep. and thinking, oh, they're waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and while you were doing it, I suppose, did you, I suppose it was your very first set. You obviously didn't use the same wedding material. <laughs> as you no, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely <laughs> different audience and different crowd. But can you yeah. even, can you, you re- can you remember like waiting for a laugh and you're like, oh, that'll get a laugh. And then was it just... Well, the irony of it was, well, I thought I had, you know, when you're starting out in comedy, you always think, I've got five minutes there. Well, that's easy, and you don't. <laughs> and the, the the really bad thing was that I went to tell the story about my co-worker. I worked in a cafe in London at the time, and I went to tell the story about uh, this guy who I thought was hilarious, but because of the way he spoke, pretty much, because he was all very like, oh, that's very interesting, you know, he's just very English about the way he spoke about everything, you know? <laughs> and I went up doing that voice, thinking, they're going to love this, but of course... <laughs> Everybody in the room speaks like that. <laughs> so they're sitting there going, who's this Irish guy taking the piss out of us? Basically? Maybe it would have gone down better in Dublin. I don't know. <laughs> they're like, who's this Irish boy is slagging us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're know. not funny, Paddy. We've heard it before. <laughs> oh, God, that's absolutely magic. So how long have you been gigging then? I'm actually uh, um, gigging. Uh, I'll be four years in February now. So, uh, But I think the... The couple of years that I did in uh, London starting out actually stood stood to me because they, they were super, super hard. And to get a laugh, you really bloody have to work hard for it, you know. And uh, so when I came back to Dublin after, I think, a year and a half, I was in comedy when I came back to, to Dublin, I felt that the London had given me a good grounding, certainly with my material, if nothing else, that I really had to craft out a joke, you know. Yeah, I mean, it can be it's supposed to be good as well. I remember starting off, one of the crutches you lean on starting off in Dublin, well, anywhere, is usually your local references, you know what I mean? You're making oh, for sure. yeah, jokes yeah. about, oh, coppers, and then uh, you go down yeah. to somewhere like the stag's head is like 70% tourists, and they haven't got yeah. a clue what you're on about, and you just die <laughs> in your hole, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, God. Yeah, that, that's so true. I mean, and that is one of the, the brilliant things about uh, gigging in Ireland, is that you can do all these things, and we can all have so much fun about it, but... Yeah, with regards to starting out and working on your craft, um, they don't care about any of that stuff in London. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, so I, would you say they're tougher crowds over there than here? Like an open oh, mic? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've no problem in saying as well. Like, the, like, and I think Londoners will agree with me as well. I loved my time in London and I love living there, but Londoners are absolutely zero crack, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and and they and it's kind of I think they're kind of proud of it in in a sense as well and that was part of the reason I came home because I knew I had to if you want to keep generating funny material you should live in a funny place you know and it definitely London was much much harder I'll never forget doing one night bringing a friend to a bringer night and I was like I, I thought I was doing really well I've been down a few months and I had a couple of good gigs I'm doing really well I brought this guy down I was like you should come as well come down check me out I I, I got this working now. <laughs> and there was no, it was just comic, comics in the audience. And I swear to God, I remember saying, died on my ass for about three minutes after doing my material. He was kind of laughing at the material slash laughing at me sweating up yep, there because yep. nobody was listening. And I said on the mic, I don't think anyone's even listening here. And nobody even looked up. <laughs> they're all just looking at their notes. Oh, they're all panicking like, themselves going, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, London was definitely harder because, you know, they're... I think there's so many things going on in London as well that, you know, if, if you're going to do something, it better be good because they can just go down to the O2 around the corner and watch Michael McIntyre or whatever. You yeah, know, they have so. a million and one things to do in London. That's going to be yeah. stuck for, for, for anything to do. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. so um, the first one's always like that happened to me recently as well I thought I had an hour worth of material or at least 45 minutes and then like 20, <laughs> 25 minutes in I'm like but this is interesting that's it Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing worse than going. I've got half an hour here and going. I've nothing else to talk about here. Yeah, and so then, just talk uh, amongst yourselves. We'll do a video for the rest of the class, folks. Absolutely. Because this but that's out. one thing. One thing that Irish comics have on their side for sure that I noticed when I when I moved back that London comedians couldn't do is that Irish comics are brilliant at talking to the audience. So if all else fails, you find that Irish audience Irish comics can generally just have a chat with the audience and find something funny as well and that was a great skill that I learned from watching other great comics over here yeah like I, I don't know if you've ever seen um, have you seen Dara Breen live oh yeah or yeah or Jason Byrne they're two absolute yeah. masters at unbelievable it. Like, their show is pretty much I know uh, like f- at least 50% of Dara Breen's show is, is a lot of crowd work and it's phenomenal and you know you get that right and you will never go to the same gig again if, if that makes sense you know what I mean every exactly, night is completely yeah. unique it's a beautiful thing that they add that they add to the show because you do feel you're in a unique experience every night. Neil Delamere, I work with Neil Delamere from time to time as well, and you know, brilliant at it as well. He just you know opens up the show with like, who's here? What's the crack? What's going on? You know, it's brilliant. Apart from those one or two tough London gigs, as you said, uh, the the road to to you know working with Des and working with Neil are, are paved with successes and a lot of failures, especially in stand-up comedy. But um, have sure. there been any other kind of standout gigs that you've been like, wow, that was bad? I remember my first club gig in London. It's a big deal to get onto the club circuit in London. I got to play this kind of legendary venue called Banana Cabaret, and there was big legendary club comics on the lineup, like um, uh, Jeff Innocent was on and John Maloney. So you, you might know them from mainstream stuff, but they're huge on the clubs, club circuit over there, and they're the absolute killers. These are guys that, you know, that when they go up and do 20 minutes, half an hour, they rip it. And I was given the amazing opportunity of... Uh, doing my first open spot there and it was, it was a big deal and uh, I feel embarrassed saying it now but I remember getting um, I bought a new outfit you know and bought new trainers lovely yeah new t-shirt and had it all folded out the night before and I was so up for it I took the day off for it <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend at the time I, you know she took the evening off work to come down and see me and it was, it was such a big deal and I got down there and one of the things that I uh, remember about Banana Cabaret is that they do have an MC for the show, but it's a traditional MC. It's not somebody who gets the crowd going. They don't do crowd work. Right. It's very much hello and good evening and welcome to Banana Cabaret. On tonight's lineup, we'll have blah blah, blah and it's very formal. Right. And then the, and then they introduce the first comedian and the comedian comes down and blah blah. So that was the first thing that shocked me. Um, and uh, the room is it's it's in the round and uh, you are also you've also got audience up higher above you and all that as well. And I just remember getting on stage at the time it was definitely the biggest room that I played so it was probably 500 people there and getting up there and um, just feeling so like eager but knowing that the audience hated my eagerness straight away and uh, they didn't laugh at the first joke as much as I thought they would I panicked and I would just start talking faster and faster and faster I was supposed to do 10 minutes I think I did 6 and um, my I, I could just feel more and more silence and more and I just felt oh, like no. the tiniest thing in the room because I know all these huge comics are watching me as well <laughs> and uh, I, I just called it off early you know six minutes thanks very much goodbye and I remember I, I distinctly remember the look on one woman's face looking at me going what is going it, it was written on her face like she was her mouth was open and she was like what's happening you know <laughs> <laughs> what, she's like what have I missed here why is he there you know, really kind of like thing. offended looking like why kind why did of, you do yeah, that yeah yeah just what, what is what is he doing I'm, I kind of completely missed as to what was going on on stage 
and I ran up the stairs because you ran up the stairs behind the stage and Jeff Finneson was there just about to go on the headline and I was like, oh, that, mate, they were tough. <laughs> and I knew he was just trying to be nice. I walked around to my girlfriend, uh, who and she, she, this was the most uh, the, the most brutal moment. She just looked at me and said, "What was that?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. Shut up. Leave me alone." And I went to the promoter and I said, "I'm sorry. That wasn't very good." And he was like, "Oh, really? I thought it was. I I, I, I was just was there for the first thirty seconds, and you seemed to be getting on okay." And um, the MC was great. She was like, "Look, you'll be grand. You'll come back in two years. It'll be fine." But that was like London to a T. They were just like feel the audience they could feel my vulnerability or my eagerness and they're like nah we're not having any of this <laughs> a lamb to slaughter they sacrificed you that's exactly you what go. it was like absolutely oh man I'm even okay. feeling anxious nervous listening to that because I can just imagine <laughs> being in the room because sometimes I know because it can be really overwhelming for, for those geese because uh, on the one hand it's yeah huge gig and huge comics are on and you're like oh my god if, if I mess this up I'm ruined because all these other people are going to tell everyone else and I'll never get a gig ever again Bush, absolutely and yeah. you just freak <laughs> yourself out and you, say, you took the day off work you probably would have been better going to work keeping your mind off it and just like totally, not, not totally. caring overthink that and I watched the, my girlfriend recorded it uh, for oh, me the horrible bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well I was probably there this is what's going on YouTube you know yeah it's going and, and uh, I watched it back and what happened was they didn't laugh at the first joke so I ploughed into the next thing nobody knows what I'm talking about and I just keep speaking faster and faster and faster and faster nobody's hearing a word I'm saying <laughs> and that gig was so bad it ended that relationship <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, we have a two-year-old now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so while it's a bad relationship, we got the kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. There was a consolation prize at the end. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she was like, yeah. She still looks at me every morning and goes, "What was that?" But anyway, <laughs> yeah. She, she, she keeps playing that video to herself late at night when you're asleep, going, exactly. "What have I done?" Gone. I had clear signs. I had clear signs. <laughs> God, oh. right. So th- there's some uh, th- there's some nice bad ones. Is there any other ones stand there before we talk maybe about the Vicar Street ones and, and the gigs that are coming up at the moment? I remember, and like, it goes back to London as well, one of the lads, a promoter, who's a brilliant guy, he does run a great night. He got an offer of running a, there's this huge, massive central London hostel and they asked him to put on a night and he was like, absolutely. And he was seeing this as like, you know, he picked the, the best uh, open mic comedian around at the time. He, said, he got a few of us together we're going to put on this night if we're successful this is going to be amazing you know we're going to get paid gigs we're going to make a lot of money off this blah 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 blah. so he's briefing us before the gig and uh, I remember saying uh, yeah can we just check that everybody who's going to be attending this gig that we're putting on tonight in this hostel that everybody there speaks English Um. and all the other comments like oh shut up don't be saying something stupid I was like well think about it how many English? How many English people are going to be staying in the hospital and centre? Oh, well, you shut up! I was told. Blah blah blah. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> went on stage. Forty people sitting there, and I swear to God, it's like complete and utter silence. And the thing that that got me was like I was on third, I think, was that they all stayed there for the whole thing. Oh, for God's <laughs> Nobody sake! Nobody was laughing. Really polite tourists. Had- we can't leave. Yeah, yeah, they were just like, they didn't understand. There was people, like, there was a lot of people from countries that didn't even know what stand up comedy was, so they just didn't get what they were supposed to be doing, even, you know? Oh, and I remember no. trying to open with some crowd work. I remember I mentioned Andy Murray at the time to these French guys in the front row. I was like, you know, Andy Murray, he was number one in the, in the world at the time in tennis, and they're like, no. They're like, Come <laughs> so you couldn't on. Have, don't, mind, don't mind jokes, you couldn't have any banter whatsoever. Oh, um, but that was, a long, that was a long 20 minutes that night, that's for sure, man. So, how long but, you were doing? 
Yeah, that was, that was the thing. <laughs> Everyone was doing way too long, you know. And after the first person, I should have said, cut it back, cut it back. Just do some crowd work if you can. Um, but yeah, you couldn't even try. There was one Aussie guy who was sitting at the table who found, I think he found the comedy and the, the comedy off the stage absolutely hilarious and he was cracking up on his own. So. <laughs> at least he was happy. So this is crazy. That's the thing about this world, as you know yourself, like most of the comedy happens off the stage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just definitely. the madness of it. Um, yeah. Cool. So I uh, said so you've kind of done a, a few big gigs and festivals in, in the four years yeah. that you've been gigging. So for you, what has been, what's been the highlight of your, your last couple of years? Um, oh, wow, that's a great question. I, I think the opportunities of doing the festivals have been amazing. I got to do Kenny Cat last for the first time this year. That was uh, huge. I got actually my highlight of that was they played a comedian's game of football and I, that's all I wanted to do in life. So, um, Ireland versus the rest of the world. So that was a highlight for me. Like David O'Doherty and Tommy Dean were playing and that was great crack. Um, and doing Vodafone has been amazing. I did a I played a venue uh, opening for Des Bishop, the Wexford, uh, the National Opera House in, in Wexford. Oh, cool. And playing a venue like that was just like wow. Is uh, it was quite. You know, it was quite taken aback just by the the visual and the feeling of it and the sound. It was a great gig to play because obviously uh, the sound of the whole place is amazing. So every la- every laugh is coming back at you really hard, and that was it. That was definitely a huge highlight. And um, and I did uh, only a week, but I did Edinburgh Fringe Festival with my debut hour this year, uh, Son of a Preacher Man, as well. So even to get the f- to write the first hour and that people are enjoying it, and I'm touring around the country at the moment, that's that's a huge highlight for me because to me to to write an hour. I remember writing those five minutes, man. I think dying on my ass for the five minutes. Yeah. To get to the hour is huge, you know, so that's definitely yeah, another so highlight. You, you always think you're grand. You're like, no, that's definitely about an hour there and you go and try and you're like, oh, wow. Wow, seven <laughs> minutes. I thought I'd more than minutes, that now. Yeah. Good guy. It's a 50% increase on the five, but it's definitely nowhere near. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what you need so, for that. So, come here, I know yeah. you're, you're touring that show obviously outside of Dublin for the next foreseeable future, but are you, any gigs coming up uh, close uh, in Dublin over the next while? In Dublin, yeah, I've got loads of club gigs coming up. Um, I am, like, I have us on that calendar here. 21st, I'm going to be in the Woolshed on the north side. I'm going to be in Cherry Comedy in Whelan's. On the 23rd, I'm going to be in Riff Raff Comedy at the Chelsea Drugstore and the Comedy Cellar, which is at the International Bar. And yeah, that's all. That's all coming up in in this week. And but as as you were saying, this weekend I am opening for Des uh, Bishop in Vicker Street on the twentieth. And then pretty much I'm on the road for the next six weeks. So I'm not doing a huge amount in Dublin, unfortunately, at the moment because I'm, I'm I'm on tour for for Des's show, and I'm in London next weekend as well. But um, yeah, that's kind of the club gigs at the moment. And hopefully, being a son of a preacher man back as well to Dublin. If you follow me on Instagram at Hello Stevo. I'll be uh, posting all my gigs on that as well, man. Cool. At Hello Steve, I'll make sure to give that now share out from uh, Room 104's accounts anyway. But listen. I will, of course. Stephen Mullen, thanks a million for popping on my wrist. Thanks so much, Carmack. Yeah, great crack.